And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. A lad from West Yorkshire spreading a little bit, a lot of bit, of love into the world. Jono Lancaster was born with Treacher Collins Syndrome, a rare congenital disorder that causes facial bones to develop in an asymmetrical way. Jono has dedicated his life to helping others who look different know they are not alone and that they are loved. First of all, thank you so much. Jono for joining me today, for taking this time to have a conversation to share your story. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Let's get right into it and let's talk about TCS, Treacher Collins Syndrome. For those unaware, bring us up to speed. What is it? So Treacher Collins is something that you're born with. Um, in my situation, I was a sporadic mutation so there was no family history of treacher collins um but i i was born with it so now for me that means that there's a 50 50 chance that i will pass it on to my child should i ever go down that route treacher collins um affects my face so for me um, i don't have any cheekbones so my eyes um, appear a little bit downwards um, I've got my little bats in the ears, uh, so they don't have any ear holes. Uh, just these, I, I love them. They don't get cold in winter. Um, I, I'm hard of hearing, so I need a hearing aid. Uh, but it means, you know, when I fly over to the States, I can turn my hearing aid off and just zone out and have a blissful flight and not having to listen to screaming babies. Um, my jaw is a little receded. Um, so for me, that means just I snore really badly. Um, and I do consider myself quite fortunate that Treacher Collins has just affected me in these subtle ways. For others, the airway can be so narrow that they need a trach to help them breathe. Some need a feeding tube. And some have to go through a lifetime of surgeries just to maintain life. Um, so yeah, I'm very fortunate. That it affected my appearance and um, yeah, that's it. Wow, well, thank you so much for bringing us up to speed, clarifying that. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to go back to the beginning a bit because the truth of it is that there are those that we are born to and then there are those that we belong to. There is the mother that brought you into the world and then for you, Jonah, there is the mother that brought you home. So abandoned two days after you were born, you were later adopted by Jean Lancaster. Please share with us, what was life with Jean? Uh, Jean did such an, an incredible job of raising me. Uh, she met me at two weeks old and she's always told me that when she first saw me she couldn't help but smile when she first held me she couldn't she, she just felt this instant bond and this instant connection and she just couldn't wait to take me home and and care for me 
For the first five years of our time together, she tried to reconnect me with my birth parents. She supported me going down to Great Ormond Street Hospital for every health appointment, visiting every specialist, so, um, supporting me through various surgeries. And through that stability and through, she gave me a second chance of having a forever family. And I'm incredibly grateful and I naturally celebrated who I was growing up. I celebrated that I had these little bats in some years. I celebrated that, you know, at school, I would like to say to all the kids, I was like, my mum went to the hospital and out of all of the kids there, my mum chose me. Like your mums and dads got stuck with you, but my mum chose me. And I would take my hearing aid out off in school and I was like, oh, you know, if this gets wet, it'll blow the entire school up. And the kids were like, oh my God, that's so cool. Shall we do it? Shall we do it? And I, I like I said, through my mum, every question that I had, she would just stand in front of me and openly answer every question in words that I would understand. And through it all, I had so much self-love and natural celebration. It was, yeah, it was really good. I'm very lucky. Hate to think where I'd be without her. Wow. And I love how you say uh, just a natural celebration of yourself. How beautiful that is. Um, you know, let's, I, I want to do a little story swap here. Uh, so for me, it was the third grade. We were learning about slavery. A boy said, you're brown. That means you're my slave. I went to the bathroom, looked in the mirror, and for the very first time saw my color, saw I was different from everyone in school. My question for you, what is your story? Do you remember the day that you realized that you were different? So, as I've just loosely explained, I've always known I was different. Like nobody else in my school celebrated an adoption day. Nobody else had to go to have surgeries and hospital. and. And I've always known these different things about myself and they were really, really cool. I guess a difference, the first time I found difference in a negative way was I'd gone up to secondary school, high school, and me and my friend Luke are walking home from school, talking soccer. And at the end of the street, outside a fish and chip shop, there were a group of older boys and they're all chanting and shouting toffee repeatedly toffee 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 and i was just like huh it was just something that they sang and we walked past and they were laughing and they were joking and i said to my friend luke i was like why are they singing toffee and he looked at me and he was like oh they sing it about your hearing aid and my hearing aid i'll show you is this little sandy um, box shaped thing. And it was like, they sing that about your hearing aid. And I was completely oblivious about that. And it really hurt. What hurt more was that he knew that that was going on before I did. And he knew that and I was like, oh, and it, it, that really, really cut deep. I didn't know what to say to him. He went home and I continued to walk home with just this confusion. Like I went from celebrating and talking about my hearing aid and so just instantly being 
really embarrassed and really ashamed about it. I got home, went to my bedroom and looked in the mirror. And I remember those ears that I used to like, oh my God, I love my ears. I, I started looking at my ears and like, oh, they're different. And I looked at my eyes and I, then I saw them being different. And all of a sudden I went from celebrating who I was to seeing actually different is not a good thing. Um, and, and that was really, really tough. And um, yeah, a bit of kicking the gut. Yeah, yeah, wow. And how how it is that that instant shift um, because of something outside of ourselves. Um, you know, there are those of us who, after looking at our differences, um, see we are the same. So after you realized the, the difference, when did you realize, hey, at the end of the day, we are really absolutely the same? Um, I was, fast forward a lot of years, I was in Egypt and I was about 24. And I was with my girlfriend at the time and I was reading one of her magazines, a celebrity gossip magazine. And in this magazine, there was an article called The Circle of Shame. And there were all these celebrities and there were just this circle, this right, bright red circle, circling people's cellulite, stretch marks, um, wrinkles. And it was called the circle of shame. And I was just like reading this in disbelief. And I'd just been on this journey from celebrating who I was to hating who I was to back celebrating who I was. And just reading this article made me really angry. And I was like, at one point, I thought I was unlovable because I looked different. And here I am in Egypt with my girlfriend, just very happy. And I was like, this is just so sad that we all have all these beautiful, unique stamps across our bodies. And they are so attractive and they have stories. And when you share those stories, they develop connections and it's just beautiful. And and that needs to be celebrated. Um, so in my twenties, um, it was definitely around that time when I started realizing that, you know, we're all different and, and that's just the best thing ever. And it's beautiful yeah. and it makes us all the same, like you said. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's so, so fascinating just to look at it from all these different sides of it. Um, you know, so I imagine that there was a time when you were dealing, when you were on the, the realizing the difference side of things, right? So you were in, the, in sort of that low part. Um, feeling a, a bit a bit alone in that like who, am I the only one who, who's dealing with this when when and why did you make it your life's mission Jonah to help others love themselves as you have learned to love yourself and to to know that they're not alone when did you make that decision to, to do this um shortly after that holiday in Egypt um I started sharing my story. I shared my story with this magazine that had that circle of shame in it. And they were talking about self-love. And from the back of that, I ended up visiting a school to talk to the kids about self-love. And it was my first ever school visit in front of 500 kids, all just sat there in rows, cross-legged, all just staring at me. 
And I came out and my bottom lip started to shake. I was that nervous. I just wanted to cry. <laughs> um, and I started talking about my life. And I showed her my hearing aid. I dropped my hearing aid. I stuttered. I bumbled through this assembly. And they all gave me a round of applause afterwards. And I was just so deflated. I was like, oh, that just went terrible. And then the school bell went, and it was break time. So I went into the schoolyard waiting for my taxi. And a couple of kids saw me. So they ran over to me like, Jono, 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 can we see your hearing aid? And I was like, okay. So I showed them a hearing aid. Some more kids come running over. Oh my God, that's cool. Oh my God, look at his ears. His ears are amazing. Oh, Jono, Jono, can you play football with me? Can you race me? So all of a sudden I'm in the schoolyard playing with all these kids. And more kids are just coming over. And then all of a sudden I've got a big massive horde of kids around me. And then all of a sudden the conversations change. Jono, I get bullied because I've got freckles. Jono, look, a kid pulls his sleeve down and he's missing a finger. Um, I get picked on because of my finger. I get, and all of a sudden all these kids are sharing things about themselves that they get called names and what they're embarrassed about or scared about. And I was like, in that moment, I was like, I know I, I thought that school assembly went terrible, but all of a sudden I've got kids just opening up about so much. And I was like, I need to do more of this. And I did, and, it, and that self-love journey and story has taken me all over the world, visiting schools, visiting families, visiting people with the same condition as myself, various other conditions, and it's such a beautiful way to, to see the world. And, um, and it's through celebrating various differences, and it's just, oh, I'm so blessed to be able to do it. Oh, that is, that is so, uh, I can see it right now, um, how beautiful that moment. And, and here you're saying, oh man, I thought that went so bad, but to see what good came from it, um, the power of sharing your story, how that empowered them to do the same. Um, you know, let's, uh, let, let's keep getting raw. Let's keep getting real with things. Uh, you know, so you've been both bullied and praised on both sides of that spectrum, what is the worst thing someone has ever said to you? And what is the best, most beautiful thing someone has ever said to you? Um, the worst things when I have this conversation that changes, because mm -hmm. um, people have told me that I should go kill myself. Uh, my parents should have aborted me. Um, it looks like people have tried to set me on fire um, and and that they're, they're things that I've thought about myself in my darkest days like do I actually belong in this world uh, and that really hurts uh, but one of the other was, I don't know why but this on my Instagram my own Instagram under a photo of myself there were a group of girls who started a conversation of, or imagine you're out and you've got absolutely wasted and you end up pulling this guy and taking back to your house or you end up going to his house, what would you do? And then all these girls started commenting on what they would do if they accidentally slept with me while they were drunk. And they were like, oh, I need to walk back over his face. Oh my God, I need to run and out and bleach myself. Oh, I would never be able to tell anybody that I'd done that. And he would just, they were just debating about it on my Instagram, just so casually. And, and that hurt. So 
it's a mixture of things really and it changes from time to time when we could have this conversation next week and mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it is that makes things hurt more than others at various different times in my life um, mm-hmm. so, yeah um <laughs> on to the happier <laughs> on to the happier ones yes um I went to a concert a couple of years ago um, and it was Coldplay. Do you know the band Coldplay? Mm-hmm. And Yellow came on and I was with a girl that I was seeing at the time and I was stood behind her and I was cuddling her and we were just in the zone and she turned round and she sang along to the song Your, Your Skin and Bones Turn Into Something Beautiful, You Know I Love You So. And she looked at me and she sang to me and... As a single moment, I felt so loved and so adored. And it was was beautiful, you know, like really unexpected. You just, the way she turned into me and she looked at me and she just mouthed those specific lyrics. That's a beautiful moment. And again, we could have this question, uh, you could ask me this question next week and I would give you another answer. Um, And I'm very lucky to have so many beautiful things that have been said to me. Uh, but right now, that is something uh, that really is making me smile right now. Ugh, and me too, because that is so beautiful. Um, what's, your, <laughs> what, what's, what's your beautiful moment? My beautiful moment. Again, yeah, I think that there's so many of them. Um, but certainly it would it would be with with Jack with my husband and um, I, I think we write poetry together and so there's endless lines of, of poetry um, and endless little love notes left that I keep and that sometimes I hide from myself on purpose so that I can one day find them accidentally <laughs> and um, but I think I think it is um, when we when we exchanged vows. We didn't have a big fancy wedding. We just went down to the courthouse, and I think it was just those two words. It was just "I do," and it was that moment, and it was the simplicity of that and the weight of it at the same time. So, but thank you for asking. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. <laughs> Usually, I'm the question asker. <laughs> um. So, so uh, let's. I'm going to switch gears a little bit now. I want to talk about ink. Let's talk ink. You have some incredible pieces. I've seen in your photos a lot of really beautiful pieces that you have. Um, I wondered about tattoos. Your why you love them. If there's a favorite that you have, uh, love to hear your ink story. Um. Ooh. So okay, my. So on this arm, mm-hmm. in on the inside, it says, and then along came an angel. Uh-huh. Um, and then I've got my angels everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's a tribute to, there was very much a time in my life where I tried to fix things. I tried to turn my life around. I tried to find the light at the end of the tunnel. And no matter what I could do, I couldn't find self-love. I couldn't find happiness. 
but then somebody came along and by some might have been a stranger a friend and just being themselves but in a single moment they've changed my life forever might have been a smile might have been a, such a small exchange might have been singing to me at a Coldplay concert and then along came an angel and it's just like as if somebody just put somebody there right when I needed them to find that light at the end of the tunnel because sometimes we do need a little guidance and sometimes we do need a little bit of a love thrown your way and and then along came an angel so uh, yeah that's that's one of my favorites wow well it's it's beautiful and what a important reminder as you say for for all of us um you know so let's talk more about ink but a different kind of ink in terms of writing because you are writing a book that i would love to hear about yes um so this is something that I've been working on, dreaming of for God, for the past 10 years as I've been traveling and sharing my story and it's never kind of materialized. And then I did an interview last year um, with who's somebody who's become a really good friend of mine, Fern Cotton, and she was like, Jano, you need to do a book. So I wrote a book proposal, got accepted, and I basically share how my life starting through that natural celebrating of who I am to kind of losing it and then discovering that self-love and how I got there tips and tricks that I'm sharing with people uh, I share sad stories funny stories dodgy ball cut hairdos that I used to <laughs> give myself back in the 90s um, there's so many stories there but it is a guide i hope for people to find self-love themselves and uh, yeah it's it's been it's very much a love-hate relationship right now with the book like i love doing it then there's just traumas that i'm sharing but then there's healing and then there's inner child work that i'm doing um oh it's just yeah talking about and then along those those angels the strangers they're just changing my life forever and um, we just need to be open to to meet these people. Oh, it's yeah, it's quite a journey, but it's been amazing to document it all. Um, so yeah, it comes out next year, uh, July 2023, um, and I just can't wait to put it out there. Wow, I'm super excited to read. Um, you know, so uh, let's talk now about with love me. Love My Face, your nonprofit is educating and empowering individuals and families in your work. What is it that you want the public to know and to understand? About the nonprofit? Mm -hmm. So, the nonprofit is myself and three other people who, who have known me since I was five years old. Um, I'm incredibly blessed to have them alongside me. And we, we go into schools talking about the effects of bullying and talking to the kids about self-love and acceptance and differences. And then anybody in the world that's living with a craniofacial condition, with a facial difference, we're there to support them. Um, if somebody's got a condition, uh, we can introduce them to other people with that same condition. So they're not alone going through that journey. 
Um, here in the UK, we had uh, 17 families that all have treated Collins. Um, we had them all meet and spend the day together. So you've got kids seeing another child like them for the first time in their life. You've got mums talking to mums that are going through similar sort of feelings. Dads connecting in only ways that dads can connect. Siblings connecting and sharing and opening up. Uh, we fund in the poorer countries, we fund medical um, procedures like cleft palate repair. Uh, we fund medical supplies. We do a bit of everything, and um, yeah, it's uh, pretty wow. amazing. Well, yeah, my baby. It, it sounds incredible. Um, you know, and I just like how you're saying, like, just making those connections, letting people know that they're not alone. Um, how closely connected we all are. Um, you know, I, I guess to to wrap things up, I I'd like to ask. For people who who see this interview and are like, wow, what energy, what light he brings, because you do. People who feel themselves very much in the dark and trying to find that light, what what advice would you give them? How do they find it? Oh, you know, I think even I'll sit in front of you right now and I'm, I'm very confident and I'm very full of self-love. But there are still times when I find myself being in the dark um, and I lose my spark and I lose my energy. Um, that still happens. And sometimes I'm able to find it myself. I'm able to do the work and it might be journaling, it might be yoga, it might be meditation, it might be prayer, it might be comfort eating, it might be seeing friends, it might be isolation. But then I'm also very aware that there's times when I need the help from my, a therapist. I need help from my mum. My mum's 80. She turned 80 last Saturday and she's getting shorter and shorter. But she still gives me so much energy. There'll be times when I'll need my friends. But then there'll be a time when that morning cup of coffee ignites a spark, um, a song, um, a smile from a stranger. So... I guess it's don't lose hope uh, because our spark, it, it's always there. I guess it just dims sometimes, uh, but it always can be reignited and you've just got to be open and you've got to put yourself out there because the more you do, the more chance of reigniting that spark. So, yeah. Uh, and I, I love that advice, just this thought of that it's, there's, always the possibility of reigniting it's not once it's out it doesn't mean it's gone it's just uh it's to be reignited so thank you so much oh my goodness what a wonderful conversation thank you so much for sharing your story for sharing you and for helping all of us just become a bit more aware now thank you so much absolutely my pleasure um human connection that's what life is about. Our connection with with the environment, the world around us, and the more we connect with with everything around us, the more we feel alive, I guess. And yeah, yeah. No, thank you for giving me the space to share. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. Absolutely my pleasure. Oh my goodness, that was so wonderful. <laughs>
tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now.